Thick and Fabulous with Chantella Whitfield is all about women, especially women of color in our 40s and older. I sit down and have open and honest conversations about love, sex, relationships, our children, and the world around us in a safe and judgment-free space. Sit back, relax, and embrace being Thick and Fabulous. And welcome to Thick and Fabulous with Chantella with you. Um, today we have a community activist, um, friend, I would like to say. No question. You know? No um, question. Uh, Divine Karawa, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good, um, good. I like to start the show. I allow you to tell us little or a lot about yourself because nobody knows you better than you. So tell the community who Divine Karama is unless they've been on me for rock and don't know you. Mm, who am I? <laughs> well, first and foremost, you know, um, in process, of course, but man of God, uh, husband, father, son. Um, I would say I'm an artist uh, would be my first um, non-personal title that's the foundation of everything is the music uh, 50th anniversary of yeah. hip hop so hip hop artists for sure um, community activists I, I would say yes. Um, yes just being active in the community director of One Lexington um, director of nonprofit Believing in Forever and I have a LLC called King Tucky uh, so Look, wait you left off something what I leave off uh-oh. The, <clears throat> the gr- Grammy? Uh, Emmy. 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 Oh, Emmy. Hey, hey, but you know what? It's, it's, you look, know. I done claimed that one for you. <laughs> look, look, it, it might be next. It might be next. Um, Yes, Emmy Award winning yes. hip-hop artist. You know, 2021, me and my brother JK, you know, um, this in 2024 would be my 20th anniversary of putting music out. Oh, wow. So I'll tell you a little bit about that later. I got a surprise. Oh, okay. 20, 24. Like- I, ain't, I don't even think I put it out there yet. So this would be the first place that I'd be sharing it. So I'm, I got something very special that I'm doing to celebrate that anniversary. Yay. And yeah. see, then that's how great is that? Because this it's is perfect. my three-year anniversary of doing Thick and Fabulous. There you go. There you so, go. This is great. This is great. That was a surprise for me. <laughs> so let's let's talk about what is one Lexington? Because this is yeah. new mm-hmm. to Lexington. Pretty, pretty new. Uh, yeah. So what is it exactly? So one Lexington actually started in 2017. Oh. Um, but it started, it started in 2017 when Tyson Gay's daughter got shot uh, and killed. Yes, yes. And I remember she, she was young and I, and I think he was competing at that time mm-hmm. or finishing up his career. So when that happened, it put like a national spotlight on Lexington because mm-hmm. of who he was. Mm-hmm. So the mayor at the time felt he needed to do something. And so he created one Lexington to address gun violence. Mm. But because we had never really had a huge gun violence problem. I don't, I'm not sure that there was much of a structure in place. Um, there wasn't much resources put into it. And then a couple of years later, the pandemic hit. And so um, it was a one person organization and that person had resigned. So really one Lexington was no more. And then after the pandemic, we just saw a record homicide, record back to back to back years. And so the mayor brought one Lex back and made me the director in summer of 2021. And so it's a, 
a program that addresses gun violence for youth and young adults, mm -hmm. ages 13 to 29. Okay. So um, that's prevention, intervention, that's anything to address and try to reduce gun violence within the community. And so, so far this year, knock on wood, you know, the year's almost closed and we've seen a 50% decrease in, yes. in homicides. And this will be the first time in, I think, almost a decade. Mm -hmm. Maybe that we've had, that we've had under um, 100 um, non-fatal shootings. So yeah, I, I was uh, I was looking at that because I did an interview um, sometime last year, I think it was, mm -hmm. with uh, Damon Horton. Yeah, yeah, and I, and he's that been was, in the fight for a while. That was yeah. yeah, that was in 2022. Yeah, um, because the numbers were crazy. Uh, that was a record year last year. I just did. For this year, so far, mm -hmm. between the ages of black males mm -hmm. from 14 to 21, mm -hmm. 13 have been assault uh, have assaults with mm -hmm. uh, that don't include homicide. Right, right. Just black males. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then that was from February to October 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, God, dog, the year yeah. is not even over. Yeah. And then from January 3rd last year. To December 30th, in the same category from 14 to 21, there were 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big drop from it's, it's a big, 30 big drop. to 13. And big two drop. of those in, in that last year, two of those were 13-year-old boys. Yes. Yeah. 13. 13. Like, I, I'm thinking of myself at 13. Right. Fighting and doing? killing really wasn't. I was, you know, just trying to hang out. Get across the street to my friend's house right. and play. To whoever it is you you had a little crush on, you know, listen to some my CD. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Putting batteries MTV, in your Walkman. BET. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like how it, did it, we get here? I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot. I'll be honest with you. I think it's twofold. I think some of it's systemic. I think mm -hmm. some of it is all the stuff we were we were marching about in 2020. Mm-hmm. Some of it is the trauma of the pandemic because you got to think yes. that most underserved yes. population yes. that's most susceptible to being in the cycle. A lot of those kids, they only square meal, only mental health resource, only positive mail is in school mm -hmm. when they go to school and you take all of that away for two years. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why it was the pandemic is when things really exploded. But then, you know, this is the part nobody wants to talk about is there's some some cultural shifts that we've seen with like in our house. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. From the music to the social media. Yeah. We've seen overcorrections. You know what I mean? And until we address that, mm -hmm. like it's got to be both. Yes. But a lot of people don't want to talk about that because they're afraid the other side will weaponize it. So if we talk about. Um, this drill music, which essentially means kill, because yes. drill means to lay down, right? Mm -hmm. You got the overcorrection, and I'm a girl dad, right? So I believe in. I think you and I had this conversation. Yes. Um, I think we were we were somewhere. We were having a conversation, right? <laughs> we were. We were. The overcorrection of what you see with, and and it's not even the artist. It's mm -hmm. what the industry. It's how they manipulate. Yes. The overcorrection. So when you see like a, cause like when Sexy Red and then first got on the scene, to people's surprise, I was actually a proponent of that early on. Like, really? Yeah. Like we have been dominating the narrative as men. We've been 
over-sexualizing, um, turning these girls into into inhumane objects of of our personal use and gain. Yeah. Now the ties don't flip. Now they saying y'all been talking crazy. We got the power. Now it's time for us to talk, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wasn't mad at that, right? Like, like I understood that, but of course the industry is going to pervert anything. Yes. So you've seen the overcorrection to where now our young men and women is seeing, you know, um, I ain't going to cuss, but how yeah, clean I got. Can, okay, I won't cuss. You can't cuss. I won't cuss. <laughs> but look, you know, my booty hole brown. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right? all of that. Uh-huh. So the girl's getting all that, and then the guys is getting... I'm sliding on my ops. I'm laying yeah. them down, and we're glamorizing that. Oh right? yes, and not to mention that they still have the the B and the H's, you know. No question, and, you know. And now they got a platform where that's exploding. Like yes. it, it's on social media where they can throw stones, hide their hand. You know, um, you just got a lot that's that's running rampant culturally, and we are not as OGs, in my opinion, checking that because. I, I think we are trying to be cool, in my opinion. Yes. In my work, we we trying to be cool with the young. Be cats. a friend. It's like like your mama used to say. We don't want to be that I, person. I ain't, I ain't your, your friend. friend. Yeah, I ain't yeah. Want your you friend. don't talk to me like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Mm. And so now there's no structure. There's no accountability. There's nobody for them to look up to. And now they've realized that we trying to be cool with them, so they don't even respect us in that light. Mm-hmm. And so I've never wavered when it came to that. Yes. Now I've made mistakes in my life, but working with youth, I never tried to be their friend, which is why I've been able to get the respect that healthy, I get. Healthy boundaries. I have to. We we were talking about that yeah. over the weekend. Setting those healthy boundaries and sticking to them. Like, yeah. I, I, if I said if you didn't do good in school, then you don't get this is what it this is. Xbox, whatever. That's right. But now it's just like, well, he's got to have it because all his other friends have it. And it's like. But did he earn it, though? Because right. when he goes out into the real world, when he gets grown, if you didn't earn it, you don't get it. That's right. That's unless right. you do it illegally. That's right. Which is what we're trying to keep you from doing. And which also that's where trauma plays a part. Yes. Because how many single parents are mm. struggling to hold their child accountable because they don't want to lose them? Yeah. They don't want to push them away. Yeah. Not understanding that the lack of, lack of accountability just makes it better, you know, down or worse down the road. And so, again, that's some of the systemic stuff. And just as a community, we're not really like a community anymore. No, everybody's yeah. out for sale. It used to be, listen, I'm going to tell y'all this. It yeah. used to be me and my friend, we lived, we live in Oakwood. Mm-hmm. Did something down there by Oakwood Park. Mm-hmm. I lived in the front of Oakwood. Oakwood's mm-hmm. in and out. There's only one way. Yeah. By the time I got up to my house, my mom was standing on the porch. No and I'm like, what's she standing on the porch for? Yeah. She said, well, now what's this about you down here at the park with this little boy? Mm-hmm. How the heck did you even know that? Like nobody right. was outside. But mm-hmm. somebody's mama. Somebody saw something. something drove and by. called up the street and told my mama what I was down the street. Now mm-hmm. they just... Girl, they'll pull up their phone and videotape it and then send it to their friends instead of calling look somebody's such mom. Such as, yeah. yeah. They look at it like, mm, look at such and such as little boy. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. They go it's to the barbershop, the hair salon, and, and talk dirty about each other. But there's no account. It's no we're working together for the betterment of our kids. 
And two, when you throw gun violence in it, though, mm. now you've there's so many divisions within the community because people think that it's all right. Somebody gets shot. That's it. That person dead. That person hurt. No, the whole family. Hurt. Yes, we only On make both up sides. both sides. And nine times out of ten, they know the sides know each other. Yeah. Because we only make up 15% of the population. So all of us come from the same two neighborhoods yes. in Lex, two or three. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Somebody so, knows somebody. Yeah. So we're, we're divided. So now, even when it comes to maybe our age group, you mean mugging somebody at Creole or some, you see somebody out at Applebee's or something, you mean mugging because they nephew uh, jumped your little cousin. And then, you know what I mean? And it's, so it's, it, we just divided right now. We, we, we hurting right now. It's so healing is a part of our work too, mm. you know. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. So if you you have a kid. Mm-hmm. What are the warning signs that parents need to look out for that their kid is going down the wrong path so that you can help divert it mm-hmm. before it gets too bad? Mm. That's a good question. I think it depends. Because it's, when, it's yeah. not the same when we was little, you know. It's it's not, and the thing about it is I would almost say, and this is not me weaseling out of the question. No, no, I get it. But it has to be a, your relationship has to be a stream of consciousness with your child because mm. every child is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the really, even girls and boys are different. Yes. And even how they identify within themselves is different. Mm-hmm. So when my oldest daughter, so I'm trying to teach her how to be a lady or, or my daughter to pass, right? Mm-hmm. With Kamaria, like. I would hold the door for her and say, you know, I'm being a gentleman. So I don't need you to hold the door for me. What, am I weaker than you or something? I don't need you. And it was like, wow. But that is how she was identifying herself within this world that mm-hmm. I don't need a man to do this. And she was trying to figure out what that looked like. And so I think you just have to know your child. Like in anything, anytime you see something off, you, you got to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You have to. And I think that that's the problem. That phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? They go into it because it gives us a break. Yes. Or because well, they're quiet. Uh-huh. Now, they'd be all right. They yeah. got their device. And and that, that's not always the case because a lot of times I'll start talking to my kids. They'll start opening up and the floodgates open. Mm. Right? I see just something a little off. I'm like, you good? You know, you start talking to them and boom. So just parents talking. You remember on car rides, that's when you yes. talk. Now they in their phone. Everybody's Nobody, on their phone. phone. <laughs> yeah. Your mama's on the phone at the stoplight. <laughs> yes. Like eating dinner at the dinner table again. Phones down when you in a car ride. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Give space for your kids to open up because they will. Yeah, to have you, a healthy conversation. Will. Like That's right. But, but again, with that healthy boundary, like. That's right. You know. That balance of. Yes. Not, not. And that is where kids is different because our parents, you yeah. know what I mean? We can't be like our parents. No, no. Right? Not you know anymore. better, you do better. Yes. And so, Definitely. yeah. So, we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. as far as why kids have become so violent. Do you think that the video games and because mm. it's almost like they can't tell reality from mm-hmm. fiction? Yeah anymore yeah. it's like that line is blurred like you mm-hmm. do realize that when you play in um certain video games i'm not gonna call it out i guess um mm-hmm. that you're killing somebody in that video game but if you take a gun to school and you point it at somebody that's been bothering you mm-hmm. 
you don't get more lives. That's right. You don't get you to start pay. the game over. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what do we do with that? I think it's two things. I think it is trauma, and I think it's the normalcy and desensitization mm. of violence because it's it's the video games, but it, it, it's the music too. Too, yes. But then also like things you can see now that you never could, and and I anytime people post stuff like this, like I you know I delete them out of my timeline, but like you can get on the internet and you can see like beheadings, mm. you know you can see. Um, there was a car wreck and they show people taping it. You see body parts, like, you yes. know, people getting shot. Like, like that would mess up a, an adult mind. That That's Imagine not normal to yes. see. These kids see it 24-7. They could just go on the internet and look up all of this graphic stuff mixed with this graphic music, mixed with the graphic video games. They desensitize to it. They literally can't tell what's real and what's not. To the point they're even speaking on the dead in a way that is is disrespectful. We yes. would have never did that, right? And so I think these kids are desensitized. And then the other part is trauma. These kids are hurting. I'm telling you, like, we just did a, and it was crazy. Uh, Carson, my stepdaughter, was trying to tell me how. Mm-hmm. But we we did a video from one of my mentoring groups talking about, talking about your feelings and it went viral yes, yeah i saw that i, saw I, I, that. I was like how is carson was like because she called me dd yeah she was like well if multiple people like it it start popping up and they said you know i don't know yeah. nothing about nothing about that the algorithm yeah, yeah. That, that's what she said <laughs> I, you know it's in my you know whatever but it was the comments in the video like i went back because Carson was like, Didi, are you, like, looking at the comments? I'm like, nah, they're coming too fast. Like, I, you know, she was like, go read them. And it was people saying, I wish I had somebody. Like, my life is ruined because nobody taught me this mm. message. Bad. So what are these young men doing with their trauma, doing with their feelings, their emotions, right? How is society or their upbringing or their family, what have they done to make them feel like they can't, they can't talk about what they're going mm-hmm. through? And you're seeing their cup fill over right you're seeing a mess being made but it ain't water right you know i mean um and the more trauma you add to it the worse, worse it gets because you have no violence. outlet and That's then it. to think about it i can't remember any of my friends passing away from gun violence mm-hmm. when i was a teenager no these nope. kids have multiple, multiple. friends or within within their family it's and, and it's yes, mind-boggling right. yep. like i couldn't People that died in my family were old. That's right. You know, your granddaddy, your granny, not my cousin who was who just turned 21 or who just graduated from high school. That's right. That's a lot to deal with. Plus everything else. else. The pandemic being isolated. You look at the social unrest when George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and we was all stuck in the house. So that was on a 24 hour loop. So All you're seeing time. that, like, so you start to devalue yourself, like, um, you know, being away from your friends, mm-hmm. losing loved ones to COVID, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's a lot like, and, and then think about the bystanders, the ones indirectly impacted. Yes. You know, we are here with divine karama. Yeah. 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 Peace. Yeah. We've been having some, um, healthy conversations about our babies and what, um, we need to do to get them on the right path and dealing with trauma and everything. So I just want to ask this, Mm -hmm. how 
in your opinion, how mm-hmm. important is a father in a child's life? Very important. Um, I believe, uh, and a mother is equally as yes, important. Of course, but you know, of I course. think from the perspective of, of a father, you are not only showing that young man how to be a man, mm-hmm. but if it is a daughter, in my case, that's all I have, is you are the example of what a a man is supposed to be Mm. and maybe not even in personality like it has nothing to do with that but just how any man should treat a woman yeah i agree how you talk to with that that's it because i and it's the same way on the other side Mm -hmm. it's hard for a lot of these single moms to show their children what a man is about right Mm. they're tasked with two things and in my case i was a single father for a long time so Mm -hmm. i was tasked with how do I teach this young girl to be a girl? But I can't. Like, that's only something her mother can show her. Right. Right. And so I, I just think fatherhood is important. I think from a spiritual context, I think there is a leadership mandate that men have in their community. Right. Mm-hmm. That they have to step up and accept. And I think their first ministry is their home. And I know for me, I've had to step back from the community at times to be a better father, husband within my house. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I think it's super important. I think it's one of the, the biggest um, issues that I see and what's going on today. Now, a lot of that can be traced back to some other stuff. A lot of these men are not in these homes, not by choice, but by some by yes. circumstance. Yes. Because yes. when we go back to you know, drugs in the 80s, late 70s, 80s. Then we look at mass incarceration, mm-hmm. people that men that were addicted and they criminalized them and they locked them up, threw away the key. Like that started this cycle of fatherless homes that yes. we're still dealing with today. Yes. Um, but you go back before that. <laughs> my mama told me stories about it. Be no, He might be no good. But they stuck it out. They figured they said, it out. They like, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you do what you want out there in the street. But when you come home, you home. You know what I mean? You, you he might have been, a, you know, Mr. Johnson might have been a drunk, but he, you know, what I mean, he was there for his, his family, you yes. know. And so I think we we've we've kind of lost that. So and two, I think men are disenfranchised in a lot of ways, to be honest. So here's my yeah. with that. Father, how do you go back? And create a safe. I guess a safe space for these men mm-hmm. to that haven't had didn't have fathers themselves mm-hmm. to to learn how to be a father to the, the kids to that they're that. that they're having because they don't know. There's it's healing and they got and they essentially it's healing and pride that you're dealing with. Mm. A lot of men, a lot of us need to heal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The world is dealing with a lot of broken men, but they don't know how to heal themselves and they don't trust a system yeah. or a society that is a safe space for them to come and heal. Mm-hmm. So they do what a lot of single mothers do what a lot of grandparents have done and big mama has done. And they just say, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm a man. I'd be all right. Mm. And they chuck, they, they chalk you it know, up. You know. you know what I mean? They, they, because they've learned to fuck that. This was reality. I was born in this mm-hmm. reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's something foreign that I have to learn. I, I was born and just saying as a kid, when my girl cousin fell down, everybody was kissing her boo-boo and picking mm-hmm. her up. But when I fall down, it's, man, stop all that wine. Get up, yeah. man. You know what I mean? So you're bred into this mentality of, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. It's just part of being a man. 
And it's not. And it's, unhe- it's unhealthy. <laughs> it's unhealthy. You know I mean? Very unhealthy. <laughs> Yo, but those norms have to be changed from society, but also from within. Men have to be okay with saying what your son said. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Right. I'm not okay. What I've had to say sometimes, I'm not doing, I'm not yeah. okay. And seek that healing, mm. you know? So. Do you think, <sighs> do you think there's enough space for them men to do that? Or no. safe spaces now, or um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, organizations and, and spaces to, to no. for men to do that. No. Do you think men will even come? I think men have to men have to do what what black women started to do about six or seven years ago. There was a renaissance when black women said, "Okay, I'm being devalued by black men, by white men, by these Karens. You know what? We're gonna create our own space." Mm. Sipping paint, whatever, whatever we're going to, we're going to have a space to celebrate and a safe space for uh, Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. private Facebook groups that can't no men coming to. They got two, three thousand members in it, right? That the dudes don't even know about (laughs) until they see they watch. What you, what you doing over there? Don't worry about it. You, You ain't in this group, right? Yes. Men have to step up and create those spaces for us. And Mm -hmm. one thing I noticed which I'm thinking of bringing a variation of it back. Mm -hmm. But when we were doing poetry night, you would see men come up to the mic and open up in a way that was breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And then the response that they got, that was a safe space because the fact that you are a man and you are opening up that way, people responded and Mm -hmm. it inspired other men to open up and be vulnerable. Right. Mm -hmm. We need more spaces like that open mics, intentional spaces where men can open up. But I think men have to do a better job at creating some of those spaces themselves too. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm hopeful. Yeah. So we're going to keep on this, not not really keep on this subject, but why do you think kids, uh, black children are more likely to be placed in institutions like group homes and residential treatment facilities instead of getting them help mm. because I think I I believe it's by design mm. I do I think it is by design I think those I think there's inequities in every single system yes it, it is the baseline of all of these systems right and so even when we put them into those facilities are they even getting treated fairly within those in the context of that f- no, facility like you see what I'm saying yeah but then also I think there's this mentality, and I think it's unconscious because I think people's hearts are in the right place, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But I think they think we're predisposed to certain behaviors as opposed okay. to we're reacting out of hurt and trauma. Mm-hmm. So treat us. It's literally the same thing we saw with the crack ep- epidemic in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at it the way we look at opioids now, mm-hmm. it's an illness. We're going to mm-hmm. pump billions of dollars. We're going to sue Big Pharma, right? Nobody was doing that for our, uh, for our yeah. great aunts and uncles yes. and, and, and grandparents and people in our family who who struggled and had to figure it out on their own, mm-hmm. right? I feel like this is the new wave of that, and mm-hmm. we got to figure that out because I feel like in another 30 years, when this is impacting people who don't look like us, 
you're going to see it looked oh, at yes. totally different. different. You know what I'm saying? You really oh, yeah. already seeing it now. Oh, yes. Definitely and with so, the opium thing. I'm like, this is stuff. Like, yeah. And trauma. Like, I yeah. think I think they look at, I was having an interesting conversation with somebody about gun culture. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, I mean, you know, this white woman. Sarah, I can remember being six years old, just taking the gun, unloading it, doing it. You know, it was nothing to me because... In rural areas, we were bred like yes. it was gun culture. We were taught to hunt, and, and it was just part. But you also was taught to respect it, too. Respect it, and guess what? Wasn't nobody up in there. Like, you also weren't dealing Guns wasn't attached to conflict. Yes. The way it, it is in a lot of hunting. urban societies. That's yeah. right. Which was created by drug culture, which we didn't own no boats and planes. Mm-hmm. So drugs were put into our communities, which led to the violence. Violence led to gun culture. Gun is attached to conflict. That has become our culture now when it comes to guns. So, yes, maybe y'all just got shotguns up on your mantle yeah. and you're going and hunting and you're cleaning them out. But that ain't what's going on at East End. Mm-mm. And so your experience is not their experience. And so I, it, it was an interesting conversation and mind-blowing for her. Mm-hmm. So how many people in power... How many people are making these decisions about our kids that also have no idea what these kids are going through? Scary. A lot. <laughs> Scary. A lot. And then the, with that comes when we were talking about them being an institution you and having issues and traumas that they're dealing with. You do something in school. It gets written down in your in, right. your, in your file. That's right. It's in and there. So now it's carrying with you all through your school years. That's right. And some teacher who doesn't know you mm-hmm. in the summer <laughs> reads that file mm-hmm. and says, "Oh, Divine ha- is is a problem child. He's he's he speaks. He he out of turn. He mm-hmm. won't sit still. And so you come in the class first day of school and you already have this preconceived notion that he's that gonna is. be the bad child." And it's like and you're treating them accordingly. Yeah. And that happened in kindergarten. You in high school now. And no telling what you were going through yes. when that happened. Um, there's a young queen, Brittany Gentry, here in Lexington. She is, I think, part founder of Trauma Informed Care Counseling Center of Lexington. Mm-hmm. I think they call it TIC for short. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of her. I think of Sharika Smith and uh, Dr. Sine Adams. I think she used to be Sine Carter. Mm-hmm. I think of Daniel Lee, I think of the Andrews brothers. We are seeing this wave of of what's called trauma-informed care approach to everything. But every trauma ain't the same, too. That is true, yes. And and black trauma is different. Different. And so I think we got to have people trained. We need more of us in these spaces. Listen. It's that part. When I, it was very, it my son had some issues when he went off to college. It was very, 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 very hard, mm. even in Tennessee, to find a black male therapist for my son. Because yep. I was like, <laughs> I want him to talk to somebody that looks like him. That's right. It's tough. It was know. hard. It was yeah. for cigars and conversations just mm-hmm. to have them on a panel. It was tough to find it multiple. Was bad. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. And but yet we want these. You, we want our kids to heal, but there's nobody there that looks like them because rep- representation matters. It does, but we are losing that. 
you know, protesting is good. I was out in the streets. Yeah. I was in Louisville every day, yeah. you know, because I attached Brianna to my own daughter, that, mm-hmm. that trauma, right? Because yes. they died a month apart, right? Mm-hmm. So I was there and I'm like, protesting um, can push for accountability and is important. But at what point do we encourage our young people to be a part of the change they want to see? That. Who Who's going to go be a police officer? Yeah. Who's going to go try to be a judge or get into forensic science and public safety? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we can't just be protesting and complaining about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Some of us have to also Ostr- go be in them rooms. Mm-hmm. I got ostracized last year mm-hmm. when I took the job because, oh, he on the other side. Oh, he worked. No, what I'm coming that? into the to see what I can do. I'm fighting for us. I'm in the room. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, we got to make those sacrifices. We have to have that desire to do that. What made yeah. you have that desire to do want to do that? Because, yeah. you know, most people... At a certain age, they just they just kids. You know, they want to yeah. brush the behavior off as they just kids and doing dumb stuff. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. there's really a serious issue here. Yeah. Instead of just brushing it off, what made you just want to get in there yeah. head first and say, no, we're going to stop this? Yes. I think it was that. Like, I have to credit my mother because I was raised. I felt like I was born like that. Mm-hmm. Like. Even to the point of some people will say to the point where like I'll I'll die for it. Like I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. Like yeah, yeah. that's my heart. Like yeah. you're passionate so it's a about, passion about yeah. that I that I that I can't explain, but also it's like somebody gotta do it. Mm. That's it. Like I get tired of <laughs> rapping about it, yeah. talking about it, complaining about it. Like and and there was a quote that Pac had, he said I might not change the world, but hopefully my music can inspire the people that change the world. So if these kids, even if it was somebody that commented on it, on the TikTok, Mm -hmm. the one that went viral, they was like, if you never do another thing in your life, she was like, I'm reading through the comments. She was like, you've done your part. Yeah. Now I disagree with that because I got work to do. I mean, of course, but but it was the sentiment of even if my actual work in itself isn't changing the paradigm, mm-hmm. the seeds that I'm planting that. will. Because that's some little right? boy that was in that class 20 years from now Gonna will remember that. And he'll change <laughs> and, the game. And then he'll come back. Well, we, I, that yeah. one, there was one day in school and Divine Karama came to my school and we did this. And yeah. It just changed the way that I thought yeah. about things. Like that's like I spoke at Dun- I spoke to a thousand kids at Dunbar the other day. Mm-hmm. It was a great conversation, you know, talked to a lot of kids afterwards. Very next day, somebody bring a loaded gun into Dunbar. He didn't know he had it, left it in his backpack. You know, they got it. No no incident, anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple people, man, how you feel about it? Is that deflating? You know, you go talk to these kids one day. The next day, they bring a gun to school. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I told them no because it's not punitive or I, or I don't think – if I do this, I'm I'm looking for this instant gratification right. or it's, it's no, it's about planting seeds, mm. planting seeds. What do you think the school system can do a better job of um, and protecting our kids and I, helping our kids? Partnerships. You, you got to stop. And I think Fayette County is getting better. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than most. Mm-hmm. There's some other places with the Kentucky that mm-hmm. is, is not as advanced as Fayette County. I ain't saying no names, yeah, but. Can. But I think the school system is insulated. They feel they can do everything in-house, mm. and that's not how community works. There's people with 
extraordinary gifts, God-given talents that you need to reach those kids in a way that your staff can. Mm -hmm. Don't take that personal. Take your ego out of it and partner, whether it's different nonprofits, it's different agencies. You could be leading a, mm -hmm. a, a girls group. At Winburn, right? Yeah. Because you have something in you that God put in you that nobody else on staff has. Right. Or their mandate is to teach the kids. Mm -hmm. You come in and do what you do, and it'll help them pay attention in class, which is better for the teacher. Yes. So I think the school system has to partner, and they have to have more people who have been directly impacted by these issues to come in and speak yes. life. We got to be this background check thing. I know we got to protect kids. But there's got to be a flow chart, a pathway to former offenders, because I had a felony on my record mm -hmm. amended to a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody wasn't as blessed as my situation. Right. So you got a lot of individuals who's rehabilitated. It's been 10, 15 years since they've been incarcerated, but they live the life that some of these kids are headed down. Yes. They or have to they be the ones that's, Come on. It's like, let me tell you, it's really not as cool as what Rick better Ross messenger? said. What better messenger? <laughs> than somebody, somebody who's somebody that did, come on. that's in this little three by five cell. <laughs> and I live it. I live it. When I go in there, I could tell them about my little four and a half months in jail, meet a couple of shootouts here mm -hmm. and there. This brother did 10 years. He was a former driver of mm -hmm. gun violence. In a way that was beyond my life experience, I need him for some of these kids. Yes. School system has to start opening up to the community to come in. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest issues you hear from a lot of schools is parent engagement. Mm. If you get the community in the building, the parents will come. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Because right now thing. it's just like what the teachers say and what your kid says. And it's like, well, yep. why would she lie on you? Because that would be the, it's mm -hmm. like, but there are some teachers that Look, do stuff like and, that. And you'll get some parents that uh, come up there ready to fight a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> like, your kid it, it bad. Like, Let's like... just be honest. He bad. <laughs> your baby ain't There's an angel. Different times. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. This has been a good, good conversation. It has. It's been great. Um, been great. I ain't even have to really go on my questions, but that was just here for you know, just in case. Just to guide us. But I knew I knew you <laughs> we was gonna have a good conversation. Yeah. So we we're talking about the school system and partnership. I wanna talk I wanna know your thoughts on this. Okay. What are your thoughts on more intense training? Not for just police police officers, but mm -hmm. the legal system as a whole, um, on how they interact and getting help for those with mental health issues or mm -hmm. autism. Yes. Because, um, you know, there was a the boy killed and he was autistic. He was autistic, right. I mean. I know we had an issue here, I think, between some police and, and, a, and yes. a young man at the mall. Yes. Um, for me, I, I will say this. Um, I think post-2020, I have seen our police department make steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have a program, which I think this is next level. A lot of cities are in the talking phases of this, but we've actually brought it to action, which I think is important. Our police department is partnering with New Vista. So, oh, yeah. so yes. So rerouting even certain phone calls. It, like There's a number, the number to, for them now, yes, isn't it? Yes. Six, one, I can't I think, remember the yes. numbers. And so, look, I, and I don't either. Um, but I think... For certain calls, instead of it being police showing up, mm -hmm. it is actually mental health specialists that are showing up or mental health specialists are showing up with police to assess what the situation mm -hmm. is 
And then instead of police officers engaging, it's mental health specialists. To me, that is trauma-informed care approach. That is. And a lot definitely. of cities are not doing that. So, and they should be. Yeah. Like, to me, that's a baseline, but I still think there needs to be training there. I think um, our, our Fayette County Police Department, that training definitely needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Because you also, I think this is the piece that, that a lot of our systems miss, and even society. There's different layers of mental health challenges and, and trauma. Yes. It's not just those who are going crazy and, and shooting up. It, it yeah. could be somebody who doesn't look like, mm-hmm. I'm holding up quotation marks, yes. look like they're, they're, you know, they're going a little crazy or they're having issues mentally, but they could be on the inside. Yeah. And so being able to identify or not identify, but to be able to recognize that, mm-hmm. I think training has to be done. But then also, what about those who are undiagnosed? Yes. Or underdiagnosed? Because you don't have the money to go see. Boom. You you're. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you don't have the money to go see a specialist. So you might not. It might not be on your. Uh, I forget what it was. My daughter had or her 504 plan or whatever yes. it is, right? Your insurance. That's right. Because a lot of us. Don't have insurance. That's right. And can't afford to go spend a hundred dollars an hour to talk about your feelings. That's right. Well, and another part, let's be real. There's that distrust yes. with the medical system. Yes. Um and that's part of the systemic stuff that we talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And it reared its ugly head during yes. COVID. Because yes. what happened? It was COVID was disproportionately impacting our community. Mm-hmm. We weren't going getting checked. Right. We weren't wanting to go get vaccinated, but that's because of things that were done to us. Right. As a race, race. we were targeted and then that was passed down. Yeah. And so I I think that impacts mental health, too, because even talking to my my own parents, you know what I'm saying? They don't see trauma the way I see it. Mm -hmm. And I tell my mom all the time, you know, mom, you and dad, you shouldn't have had to endure some of the things that you did. Right. That wasn't normal. That was it. But to them, it's just, you know, you deal with it. it you were normal. Yeah. That's right. And so I remember having my moments of breaking down my mom. But boy, what's wrong with you? Be all right. Yeah. You know what just I mean? Suck it up. Yeah, it's you like, know, at some point, like you said, you can suck it up so much mm-hmm. until that one thing just tips you over. And now you've lost it. Everything. And everybody's like, I didn't know he was crazy. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> He's not. Right. It was just. I've I've reached my point. Yeah. yeah, I've reached my bowling I've, point. I've reached mm. my point, and I can't that's, take that's, it that's anymore. Good. That's good. Yeah, it's like I'm not crazy. Yeah, I'm really not. And your kids aren't. Right. And sometimes they just may not be bad. Yeah. It's just they need a way to express whatever it is. Because I mean, even the kids that are are gifted, mm-hmm. you know, they get in class and they're bored with it. Like I already know this stuff. That's right. So they do so they other stuff. That, yeah. That was me as a kid. That's right. You bored. That's right. But then it's like, well, he's got behavioral problems or they want to put you on a pill. It's like, why mm-hmm. don't you sit down and ask them why they're having this issue or give them something a little more challenging to see what they do. But then at the same time, the kid gets put in the gifted and um, the gifted program. Mm-hmm. Now he has to deal with his friends. Mm hmm. Who quote unquote yeah right right now Making they're riding yeah but you know what's it's crazy you saying that going back to your original question is um I I think that like one one thing that I didn't understand growing up was my my mom treated me and my younger brother different mm-hmm. and I always felt a way about that right until I had my own kids and it 
And what my mom was saying was there's a baseline of expectation as far as behavior that I have in this house. Yes. But your personality is different from your brother's. Yes. Well, I could say this to him and it's not going to resonate with you and vice versa. So, Mm -hmm. of course, I ain't treating y'all the same. Right. And I didn't understand. I thought she was being unfair. But Mm -hmm. then you have your own kids. And I think to the training you're talking about. These population of kids are different. Our Congolese community is different yeah. from our Latino community, yes. which is diverse within itself. Yes. What black kids, some of these black kids are going through inner city kids, kids raised in rural areas like you have to you have to be trained properly to be able to respond to those different types of traumas mm-hmm. as a teacher, as a service or youth provider of any kind, yeah. even a coach. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely think there can be more spaces where teachers are constantly learning conferences workshops trainings whatever all of us you know? I, I totally agree because it's it's different yeah it's, it's definitely yeah i'm i'm can say i'm like i'm glad i had my kids when i had them because yeah i don't think i can i don't know if i could deal with raising a kid right now i really really don't because i mean social media was coming up Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as everything now. Yeah, it's like no. everything. So, yeah. you know, you you pick, you know, we would ride each mm-hmm. other in school. Right, right. And it was all fun and games. Mm-hmm. But now it's like you do it. You don't like somebody. Mm-hmm. You don't have the nerve to go tell them or say nothing right. to them. That's right. You go to social media mm-hmm. and then, you know, a matter of a minute, mm-hmm. it's gone viral. That's right. About something that you never even knew nothing about. That's right. Or somebody took a video of you doing something. And they post it. And they post it. Why don't you you think people, that's why they don't dance no more when they go out. We're going to talk don't. about that off the show. Look, off that's the a earth, whole other. That's why. Because nobody want to be seen on camera no more. Like, I'm, I'm with you know you. what I mean? Like, it, so we don't even have fun anymore no. when we out. Cause we because so, you can't. Con- that's, that's, come on. Because somebody's going to make fun of you living your best life, That's having it. fun. Being, being free, liberated, and, being free. and you can't. And it's like everybody wants to keep you in this box. Like, That's right. no, you can't do that. That's right. I, I always tell people I equate it to Whoville, the same mm. house, <laughs> the same. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to be the same. I don't. I don't yeah. That makes my skin hurt. That's right. <laughs> but these kids are put in this box of that they, feel they like. have to look a what certain way. They have to dress a certain way and be, you know, they have to be a quote unquote thug or gangster. Well, I mean, look, and not to belabor to take too much time, but no. look at music. There's no general, there's no regional uh, sound anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when we came up, mm-hmm. oh, yes. West Coast, you knew yeah. when it was West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Gangster, low riders, you knew down south was more melodic, East Coast was more lyrical, you know, Timberlands and, mm-hmm. you know, jean jacket outfit, you yeah. know what I mean? Now, because everything is all on the internet, like, I, I can't tell where they from because yeah. everybody sounds and looks the same. same. Because everything has now been shrunk to the internet. And so these kids don't even have regional influence Mm-mm. no more. None. In- I want to ask, since you brought that up, because this popped in my mind earlier and I forgot to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who the artist was, but he called out Rick Ross. D1. Yeah, D1. What, and 
to those that don't know, he called mm-hmm. them out about their music yeah. and their how content. Yeah. their content is, you know, promoting the gun violence and yeah. killing and whatever, mm-hmm. which I have an issue with Rick Ross anyway. I'm like, mm-hmm. how are you even doing that? And you, you grew up in the He's suburbs the and the CEO, yeah. like, right, right. Yeah. really? Yeah. But, you know, their, his response to it was, man, you don't know what I do for the community and da, 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 da. And then I forget who the other artist was. Meek Mill um, and, and uh, Joe, Jim Jones. Yeah. And he was, yeah, they, all, they yeah. all said the same thing. You don't know what I'm doing for the community. And Jim Jones even had the nerve to say, don't question me how I make my money. That's right. That's and I'm like, money. he tried to differentiate. Yeah. I'm like, but you know, these kids are listening to this. They are, no matter how much you don't want to be a role model, Mm -hmm. somebody is always watching and listening. That's right. And that doesn't bother. I mean, to me, what do you think Mm -hmm. about that? How, how they responded to that and what he said D1 had to say about it. I think what D1 had to say was valid because he was very intentional on the fact that y'all are older artists who are no longer living this lifestyle and you got Meek Mill who's become the the face for prison reform. So it's it's the contradiction that D1 was saying like because Mm. as a hip hop artist it's somebody who's done been through some real things right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand hip-hop artists have to chronicle these ugly conditions that they were forced to come up in. Right. As younger artists, I get that. I, 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 won't, I won't get on a younger artist too much for that because hip-hop, is it comes from the street, but it also is derived in hope. Mm-hmm. My issue is with D1 when he said it's these older artists. You're not living that. Like, that's where the balance comes in. If these younger artists are authentically telling those stories, it'll be evened out by you authentically telling the stories of what it's like to survive that and where you are now and what do you want for your children. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be 40-some years old, a millionaire still sliding on your ops. Come on now. Oh, and that, but yet and still in real life you own farms and and build it. Talk like, about that. Talk about that. Talk of, that's so then the <laughs> kids are getting the balance that we got because we got we had the gangster rap we had Luke we was twerking and all that we yeah. was doing everything but you had Common you had Lauren Hill you had Lil Kim and Lauren so as a young Talib woman Kuali, you could, oh, come yeah. on you know what I mean Nas if I rule the yes. world I send them out of Attica take them to Africa like. It was balance, and that's all I'm asking. I just feel like we're in an era where everybody is rationalizing wrong because wrong is popular. Popular, and it makes you money. That's it, and everybody's doing it to the point where, like, these kids, when I mentioned Kendrick, oh, they boring. Like, these kids like Cole now because he did the song with Dirk. But prior to that, they didn't have no clue who he was. I don't want to hear all that, right? But how do you? that how do you change that cole doing what cole did see the thing about being a bridge is you get walked on from both sides you better say that again it's a fact. what did like cole that. do because you had dirk fans hating on cole and you had diehard cole fans why are you doing a record with dirk he said this ain't about my fans this ain't about dirk fans this is about those ones i'm trying to bridge the gap and he did that. So you got to have more artists doing that. You got to have Dirk stepping out of his lane and mm. doing a song with a J. Cole. Why is Drake 40, nearly 40 years old with barrettes in his hair talking about he's sliding on somebody? You ain't never slid on nobody. Like, at what point do <laughs> artists grow up? You remember when Hove was the blazer? He was, you know, no more all deaf to auto-tune. Like, that? 
he he was he was showing us like you can mature sure. in the culture. Yes. Like where are the artists doing that? I don't I don't know. I mean, even in real life, there are grown <laughs> men that I know in their we 40s see them downtown that don't even own a suit. Look, what I need a suit for. Wait, you don't have dress pants and a dress shirt? Like, and then I get looked at as, oh, crazy. You, you bougie. Yo, I, I need, all I need is a sweatsuit. You can't wear a sweatsuit everywhere. Come on. Come on. Step your game up. That's I, right. Th- this is, no. But again, trying to, we trying to be young. Why? I, we've lost the art of being an OG. I, and, I, and you don't even have respect for the OG anymore. Oh, man, he mm-hmm. don't know what he's talking about. It's like, want to hear all he that. made it to OG status. Will you? That's mm. my question. He made it. Mm. So he had to do something to, to survive. To survive. But you, you at 20, you ain't going to meet. You what, ain't going to make 60. What a common saying in the song Glory with John Legend. We need the wisdom of our elders and our young people's energy. Yes. You combine them two, we cannot be stopped. But that's by their design that we are divided yes. along them lines. Yes. OG, we don't want to hear that. Man, these young people are crazy. And then so that that gap is there. And so these young people never get the wisdom. And, mm-hmm. and these older people don't have anybody to pass it off to before they go. Yeah. So. And, and, and that's. And that's sad because even the older people sometimes don't even want to waste their breath because they're like, you're not going to listen to it anyway. Mm hmm. And so, you know, that causes it even more because you trying. You trying. You, you trying, trying. But they ain't receiving. And it's like, so you give yeah. up. Yep. You tap out. And, and, you know, unless there's people like yourself yeah, and I'm, other communities that's, that's right. like, nope, I'm going to keep going. That's and, right. But I want to ask, at what point does a parent, I hate to say it, just say. Let go. I got to let go. Ain't nothing else I can do. Let go and let God. <laughs> Well, or should they even? I, I would say that it depends on what you mean by let go, because I don't think a parent ever let goes, but they may have to shift approach because there is a point in a young part like well, my oldest daughter, mm-hmm. a, a parent and a child couldn't be closer than her and I mm-hmm. because our, our hardest struggles in life were together. Mm-hmm. I was a single dad like me and Jada were like this. But there's a there. I'm at a point in her life now where I have to back off mm-hmm. and allow her to make her mistakes, yes. bump her head, succeed on her own, not live in her daddy's shadow, figure things out. And and it's easier to do that when everything is going good. Mm. But sometimes when things aren't going great, you just have to kind of step back, allow some 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 space for them to come back to you, some space for them to hear you because at some point they become numb to your voice, your Mm -hmm. presence. It's actually, and some parents just keep pushing, 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 and you pushing them away. Yes. So you sometimes, so it's not letting go. It's just shifting. It's just shifting strategies a little bit. Do do you think there is a time that you just have to let go? Like I'm, I'm saying like when you have a kid who continuously is choosing to live this life and you just got to say, for your own peace. Yeah. I, I would I would probably the clinical answer would be yes. I think for me, I don't think I ever could mm-hmm. unless it was endangering the life of my younger children. Mm. That's it. That's the only time I could even conceptualize fully well, letting go. Letting go and saying you can't come over here no more. Cause, that's it. I mean, because I, you, you, you know sense. what I mean? That That's it. 
outside of that, I think we would just keep trying new strategies, new ways, just new support systems. The, yeah. Yep. Love, love conquers hate. Mm. Well, listen, since we're talking about the support, um, we got a few, got a minute left. Okay. I would like for you to offer up mm-hmm. some, some, what, what, how they can get contact you and one Lexington and sure. other, other spaces where they might can get some help. Sure. So, um, anybody can reach out to one Lexington. If you type in one Lexington on Google, um, it goes directly to our website. Um, people can reach out to me at dkarama at lexingtonky.gov. One Lexington has a Facebook and an Instagram page that you can reach out to as well. We support families impacted by gun violence. We support um, young people with uh, parents that are incarcerated. And even if you're unsure of um, the services that we offer matching up with what you need, hit us up anyway. We'll direct you to the right place. So just anything we could do for you, we're here for you. You know, I love my city. And then you got some, uh, you got a coat drive going yes, on Yes, right yes, yes. Um, over 2,000 re- coats requested yes. uh, from kids in Central Eastern Kentucky. We do brand new coats um, through my nonprofit, Believing in Forever. I think we've collected about 700, okay. so we still got about 1,300 more to go. So over the next three to four weeks, we're going to be grinding it out, and then we're going to deliver all the coats um, before the kids go away for winter break. Awesome. Yep. So um, they can drop off brand new coats at Consolidated Baptist Church Monday through Friday, um, 9 to 430 mm-hmm. in the back in the Andrews Center. Or they can make a donation monetarily via cash app, money symbol, believing it forever. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. For I appreciate all the work you. That thank you, you my friend. This is great. This is thank great. Thank you. Thank you. you. And yeah. thank you for listening to Think and Fabulous with and Teller Whitfield. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself some grace. Bye. Thank you.